you do it right to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store. When you buy a DeWalt two-tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver, you get a DeWalt bear tool for free. Choose from a reciprocating or circular saw, angle grinder, or 20-volt battery. And update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values. This Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Tool offer valid through 828. Appliance offer valid through 911 U.S. only. Hello, hello, what's up everybody? And welcome to episode number 11 of the Lone Gunman Podcast. This is your boy Rob Clark coming at you today. And it is a hot one where I'm at, boy, let me tell you. So if you hear a, a humming in the background, that's my AC blowing right up my skirt. And it feels good. Today, I have a special treat for everyone. And we're going to veer off the beaten path a little bit of what we normally do. Because uh, a lot of this podcast will focus on the how aspect. You know, as in how the assassination was carried out, how it was perpetrated, how it was covered up, and who was behind it, and who participated in it. But today we're going to take a look at the why. Why it was done in the first place. Now, as I touched on in the last podcast, there's the Warren Commission version of why it happened, which was that Oswald was a lone nut, and he was disgruntled about life, and uh, wasn't a very happy guy, and figured he had nothing else to live for, and he was going to take the president with him. Or, okay, we're gonna look, we're gonna we're gonna look at a little bit of a different scenario today. And the reason I'm excited is because last night I got the opportunity to speak to an honest to God CIA asset. Now you're probably thinking, Rob, you're full of shit. No. All right, look, I work two jobs. One job, I drive most of the day. Second job. Okay, I was at, I was there last night, and we've had a customer, you know, come in, and uh, I've talked to the guy before, you know, and uh, I blew his mind one time. He started talking about something. I think it was related to maybe uh, 9/11 or something, but I said something to him that I could see. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, damn! This guy knows what he's talking about." And ever since then, the guy has been real cool. He's made it a point to seek me out where I work whenever, whenever he comes in there. And he, he's dead cool. So last night, but I, I never actually asked him the question that I've been burning to ask this guy, right? Because he hasn't... Im- impressive resume as he's told me before you know he's worked in the Senate you know he's been around Washington uh, he, he owned his own uh, company I won't specify t- 
to, you know, to, to narrow this guy down any anymore. But he owned his own company, and, and he operated it in Russia for 20 years or so. And while in Russia, he was approached by the CIA uh, to, you know, of course keep his eyes and his ears open, report back, but they also wanted to put uh, a guy in his office, and totally unrelated to his business, mind you, but the business that this guy was in afforded him to meet some really interesting people, Um, and I'm talking real interesting, like... Mikhail Gorbachev, you may have heard of him. Yeah, he met the guy on several occasions, had many deep conversations with him, and was also part of a side business with Mikhail Gorbachev that he had going on that I I can't specify to what it was. I mean, I know, but I can't specify to what it was. And also, he knew, he's known Vladimir Putin for almost 30 years. And he still talks to him to this day. He's consider, he considers him a friend. And this guy that I'm talking to last night, you know, he comes up to me and says, So, what's going on in the world that interests you today? I said, Well, I asked him, I said, Well, what do you make of all this uh, Bergdahl stuff that's going on? And, you know, he proceeded to give me his take on things, and one thing led to another, and he related some things concerning back when he was he was around there uh, concerning you know the Russia and Afghanistan and some of the tactics that the the that the uh, Russians would use on the or the Afghanis would use on the Russians. I'm sorry. And uh, he said you know that this Bergdahl, Bergdahl guy maybe saw some things that he wasn't very comfortable being a part of, like you know squad members shooting innocent people, and he just kind of faded out and he got picked up or whatever the deal was so I said well, well if, you know if that's the case then why did the government even want him back you know just let him go or let him rot you know and so he's telling me you know we need, we're wanting to clear out Guantanamo Bay as it is you know these people have been there for you know 10 12 15 years 13 years whatever is going on he said you know we can't charge him with anything you know basically you know, by now they're they're pretty much useless, basically, and they're not really threats anymore. I would imagine not. They've probably been conditioned pretty damn good over the past ten to thirteen years there in Guantanamo Bay. But so then I looked at him, and since he was mentioning, you know, Russia and knowing Mikhail Gorbachev and things, and I said, uh, I said, well, let me ask you a question. I said, because it seems like you know a lot of things about a lot of things. And uh, I said, said, so who do you think hit Kennedy? And he looked up at me, and he kind of smiled. And he said, uh, said, you know what? He said, what time do you get off? I said, about a half an hour. He said, uh... So I'll tell you what. He said, meet me down the street at, at uh, such and such a bar. He said, we'll have a little talk. 
I said, alright, cool. Do that, I'll see you down there. So I got off work, went down, sure enough, guy sitting at the bar. So I rode up there, and uh, he says, hey, I've already got us a table over here, let's go. So we went over at the table, had a little bit more privacy, ordered some drinks. And uh, he said, so why did you ask me about the Kennedy assassination? I said, I said, well, honestly, I said, it's something that I'm, I've been studying for, you know, 25 years. And I'm really interested in it. I said, you know, the stuff that's going on now and, of course, 9-11 and, and all this other stuff interests me, too. I said, but it, it all began with JFK. And it will always be about JFK. You know, sure, I look into other things, but, you know, the JFK assassination just has so much intrigue and mystery and uh, crazy, you know, corners and turns and and it, it's interesting to me, you know, to try to figure out how they did it and or who did it and, and all that. So he kind of smiles and he says, yeah. He said, um, he said, I'm going to tell you a little secret. I said, oh yeah, what's that? He said, uh, and he, he told me the story of, of how he was in business over there and that the CIA was paying him to pass pass along information, um, you know, give this guy an office in his in his business, and presumably they were conducting surveillance um, because this guy's business was, I'll just say, in communications. Okay, so and like I said, he knew a lot of people and he and you know they like the guy I mean this guy's like six foot five I mean he's a big imposing guy he's he's tall you know he's well built handsome dude you know he's probably in his 50s now but you know he still took, takes care of himself and where I live it's probably about a hour hour and a half southwest of D.C. And, you know, of course, all these people, when they reach a certain age or hit retirement or they have their made their money, they like to get away from the city, away from the chaos, to somewhere like where I live, but it's still close enough to where they can go there if they need to. But it's far enough away that it's far enough away. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, there's everything here. It's, it's, it's beautiful and, you know, a lot of people just like the country and but yet you know it's still close enough to where if they need to get get somewhere they can you know within an hour or two and so I'm talking to this guy and he said do you really want to know what I know and I said I don't know do I and he said he said well I'll tell you this he said he said I know some things and he said uh he said, I don't know why I'm even still alive sitting here talking to you. He said, uh, he said, there must be a star by my name in a book somewhere that says, leave this guy alone. He's done his service. He, he told me, dead seriously, he said, he said, look, today, if somebody asked me, I would still give my life for this country. He's like, I still believe in the Constitution. I still believe in this country and the freedoms and all this. You know, he's a real patriotic guy. But yet he's aware of all the 
corrupt things that our government is doing, including, you know, military stuff and all that. And, and like I said, he, he used to be around Washington, you know, around Capitol Hill and things, and, you know, he had, he had heard and seen some things about several people that I won't mention because it's just gossip and nothing that really matters. Um, but where he get his most of his information from is from the Russians. Okay, so I guess take it with a grain of salt, or believe that you know the Russians probably did know what happened. Okay, so. He's telling me he's talking to Mikhail Gorbachev one day, and the subject came up. And uh, he said he said Mikhail told him he was thinking about putting who who killed JFK in his book that he was writing. And my friend told him you might not want to do that. And then Mikhail was like, "Well, why not?" And the guy said, "Well, for one, nobody would believe you." They would think it would be Russian propaganda. He said, and for two, if you did tell the truth and you put it in your book, he said, your book would never see the light of day and it wouldn't matter anyway. And Mikhail thought about it for a second. He said, he said, okay. He said, well, do you want to know who killed Kennedy? And my buddy was like, uh, no, no, I'm good. He's like, I, I, he said, I can, I can go without knowing. And Mikhail said, okay, suit yourself, my friend, you know. Well, Gorbachev leaves the room, and one of his aides comes over to my friend. And, uh, they had had a good rapport because, you know, of course, you know, it's not like you're going to pick up the phone and talk to the premier all the time. So... He, he asked the aide, he said, what the hell is is Gorbachev thinking, you know, wanting to put this in his book, you know, and all that. And the guy's telling him, say, look, you know, he's, he's going to be done done with this soon, you know, put his, put his memoirs out, and, you know, he's getting older. He said, pretty much everybody's dead already. And so my friend was like, well, I didn't want to tell him that I wanted to know who killed Kennedy because, you know, I don't want him to know that I know anything. He said, but what exactly the hell is he talking about? So the aide pretty much knew what he was asking him. And the aide told him point blank. He said, it was the generals. And my friend said, what do you mean the generals? He said, he said the generals, the joint, the, the, uh, joint chiefs of staff. He said, and he told him, you know, it was uh, two other entities that collaborated on the hit. And he specifically mentioned LeMay. And other entities being military intelligence and uh, rogue elements of the CIA who had 
use their own people and subcontracted other people. So my friend's sitting there thinking, he's like, oh man, that's deep. He's like, well, but why would the generals want Kennedy dead? And his aides looked at him and said, look. He said, they saw what Kennedy did during the Bay of Pigs. You know, Kennedy put his missiles in Turkey. So the Russians put their missiles in Cuba. He said, it was just a pissing match. He said, nobody was going to strike. Okay, it was all for show. He said, the big problem that these generals wanted addressed. He said, and you have to remember, this was back then, this was when commies were the enemy and communism was the enemy. He said, the generals wanted to hit China. And when I mean hit China, he said, I mean nuke it. And my friend said he sat there for a second. He was like, so you're telling me that our generals wanted JFK to hit nuke China? He said, yes. He said, because the general's argument was, if we don't do it now, they're going to be a superpower in 10 to 15 years. They're going to have nuclear capability. And them being the communists that they are, they're going to take us out. So we need to hit first. And JFK agreed to do this. Okay? To their face. He says, subsequently, they wanted war, of course, in Vietnam. And JFK changed his mind and started pulling his advisors out of Vietnam. The time came and passed for to hit China and he backed out and he said that the generals you know due to his soft stance on communism his unwillingness to participate in in other wars and then of course him reaching out to Russia to be their friend you know, who wanted to be these communist friend? This, no, uh-uh. Ain't gonna happen. Plus, you double crosses, not once, but twice. Or three times. And he said they'd had enough. And they decided that JFK had to go. So I'm sitting here listening to this guy. I'm like, hold. Okay, I'd never heard the, uh, the China angle with the nukes before. You know, I'd, I'd heard that, you know, you know, it's a possibility of the of the Joint Chiefs and, and all that. You know, getting mad because of the Bay of Pigs and because he was pulling out of Vietnam. And of course, you know, we want this perpetual state of war or threat of war or a boogeyman. You know, it's a communist. You know, if there's not war, then there's got to be a threat of war in order for these these people to still make their money. And so I'm thinking, okay. And I said, well, I said, did Putin tell you anything? And he said, he said, as a matter of fact, he did. He said, he said, we were playing chess one day and I was talking to him, or the subject of, of, of Lee Harvey Oswald came up. And of course, you know, that before he was uh, the president, he was in the middle, in the, uh, 
intelligence services, the KGB, stuff like that. So the subject of Oswald came up and he told he told my friend, he said, look, he said, he was never our guy. He was always your guy. Okay? And he said, and we knew it from the minute he showed up on our doorstep. We were not fooled for one second by his sincere defection. He said, we let him in because if we didn't and this guy died or slid his wrist over here and died over here, that would make us look bad. He said, so we let him stay. But we kept an eye on him the whole time he was here. He said, and we let him go because we'd had enough of him. It's time for him to go. He said, but he was always your guy. He said, he was never our guy. He said, we never tried to turn him. You know, we let him live his happy little life here and take his couple of pictures and, and write things in his little notebooks and whatever and, and go on his merry way. And he said, he said and, but don't think for a minute that we didn't have guys doing the exact same thing in America. He said, and probably more than the 20 or so defectors you sent over here. And, and you know, my friend was like, yeah, of course, you know, I understand. And uh, so he's telling me that even now, things that are going on in the world that, that, that Putin's dealing with over there in the Ukraine and is all about uh, a natural gas pipeline that he's, he's been supplying to Europe. And it comes through to Ukraine. Well, these other big companies have been choked off the supply and they're taking that from them. And they're taking it over and they're charging market and a half price for the natural gas now going to Europe. And this is killing the economy of, of the European nations. And I said, well, why isn't Putin doing anything about it? Why is he sitting idly by while, you know, the CIA pulls another one of their little coups over there? And he said, because Putin always had a, a second plan. He planned on rerouting and selling to China and India his natural gas at market and a half value. So he's actually making out better than he was while the Americans still get what they want. I was like, wow, that's pretty pretty deep stuff. You know, deep politics, man. So we chatted for a little while longer and the whole time this guy's talking to me, I'm studying him. And I'm looking for little ticks, little signs. I'm looking at his eyes to see if this guy's full of shit, if he's bullshitting me. But I couldn't see any. He seemed sincere and candid. And he told me, he said, look, what, I'm, what we're having this conversation right now, he said, it never took place. I was never here. He said, he said we're, we're never going to have another conversation like this. And I said, ah, that's fine. You know, I said, well, I appreciate, you know, whatever you're telling me. And he just kindly asked that I not reveal, of course, his name and uh, the business that he was in. And I said, no problem at all. 
So this is mainly just to satisfy my curiosity and, you know, possibly, you know, affect some conclusions about what, what actually happened. So, there you have that. I mean, I had always dreamed of running into an honest-to-God CIA agent and them spilling the beans to me. And of course, this guy wasn't, you know, an on-the-scene insider from the time, you know, of 1963. But, I mean, it's the other side of the story, you see, from the Russians. At least that's what he knew about. You know, and then he proceeds to tell me about free energy, and, and there's, uh, he said he's seen it with his own eyes. He said they've developed cell phone, cell phones with batteries that pull energy out of the air. He said you would never have to charge a cell phone ever again. He said it would stay in a state of perpetually chargedness. I said, what are you talking about? I said, you talking about like Tesla type shit, where he's harnessing the energy from thin air. He's like, that's exactly what I'm talking about. He said, it exists, and I've seen it with my own eyes. And he said, the question is, will we ever see it commercially? And I said, well, probably not. And then I said, well, I said, you know, what a bunch of them guys on the uh, plane that went missing here recently? He says, yeah. He said, awful funny, isn't it? I said, yeah. And then he said, I know it exists. He said, it's been around for a long, long time. And he said, but we don't have it. And uh, I thought that was cool. And then he also told me, and this kind of was a little freaky. He said, they've perfected a process to where an old person, say 90 years old, can be hooked up to a machine with, say, like a five-year-old, okay, and the 90-year-old is basically given, simply put, a blood transfusion, okay, but the process also somehow pulls, you know, some stem cell, stem cell resources into the bloodstream of the 90-year-old man. And over a process of, say, six months, you know, they maybe do this, like, once a month. He said over the, pro over the course of, like, six months, the 90-year-old begins an anti-aging process where they actually start to get younger. No shit, this is what he's telling me. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. He's like, he's like, so, you know, these super rich, super elite, you know, may be able to live forever. Like, immortality may be a reality. I'm thinking, oh, shit. I said, so, you know, it's kind of like the old, uh, the old thought that maybe, you know, like drinking the blood of a virgin or a child will help you gain immortality. And he said, he said something like that. 
And he said, and the five-year-old is not hurt in the process whatsoever. You know, it's just like a blood transfusion, basically. He said, they're not harmed at all. They're paid millions of dollars for their service for the six months. And, you know, these old guys get younger. He said, they actually start the aging, reversing the aging process. And I was like, wow. Yeah. So I got my mind blown last night, literally. I was like, holy shit, you know. I can't wait for, I can't wait to podcast about this, man. And but like I said, you know, take it with a grain of salt because who knows for sure. This is just one man's story talking to me. You know, who knows if he would tell me the truth or it's all bullshit or who knows. But I know the guy's legit. You know, just from talking to him before. And, you know, he's told me other things that I can't even talk about. But, you know, it's something to think about. And he even said, which we might revisit this in a later podcast, that uh, that uh, Malcolm Mac Wallace was used in the assassination. But... It wasn't because LBJ wanted him to be there. He said it was to ensure LBJ's cooperation. Think about that. Yeah. So, there you have it, folks. Another fine episode of the Lone Gunman Podcast. Episode number 11. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I've streamlined the Spreaker page a little bit. Okay? If you go under my info, it's really easy on the app. I'm not sure about the website. But on the app, you can hit info, and it'll take you right to the um, the, uh, the email links. It'll take you right to the Facebook page. All you got to do is click a button. It makes it real simple. But uh, that's it for this week. Thank you all for listening, and please check out my buddy Doug's podcast over at the Dallas Action. He is awesome, and he's killing it. You do it right to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store. When you buy a DeWalt two-tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver, you get a DeWalt bear tool for free. Choose from a reciprocating or circular saw, angle grinder, or 20-volt battery. And update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values. This Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Tool offer valid through 828. Appliance offer valid through 911 U.S. only. You do it right to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store. When you buy a DeWalt two-tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver, you get a DeWalt bear tool for free. Choose from a reciprocating or circular saw, angle grinder, or 20-volt battery. And update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values. This Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Tool offer valid through 828. Appliance offer valid through 911 US only.